myself over this before I said that and announced it and really been battling myself since I announced it. You know, those of you who've been here for a while know I am not a person given to high exaggerations and uh, I don't see every little thing that happens as a sign from God that something's going to happen. Just because somebody brings a rose into the church unexpectedly, I don't expect us to have a rose garden that's going to bloom out here and we start selling bouquets for thousands of dollars. I've heard a lot of outrageous and outlandish things in my life and my experience. And uh, some of them too silly, as you think about it, they sound too silly even to go back over and talk about or think about again. I've heard a lot of people, not long ago there there was a book written I think the person that died, I think the person that wrote it died. And, uh, and I'm sure it must have gone to heaven. But uh, the book was sub- a title, something like this, How to Interpret Every Dream You Have. Now, I'm going to tell you this. If you get around and start trying to get some kind of spiritual interpretation out of every dream that you have, you will go crazy. I don't want to try to figure out a meaning to every dream I have. Some of them I can't even figure out what they were about. I wake up in the morning, know I dreamed something last night, but I think it must have been crazy, so the Lord's going to keep me from remembering it. So I, I couldn't tell you almost on any day what I've dreamed about. If I even have any recollection of dreaming the night before, they tell me, psychologists say, maybe psychiatrists are the ones who say that you dream Every night, you constantly dream, and all of them are just fleeting seconds, and most of them you don't remember. Well, that doesn't matter. If that's the way we are, that's the way we are. So I rarely have dreams that I remember. I don't, I, I, and some of them, if I do remember, little snatches of them are just peculiar and odd, and not anything I'd want to talk about because they, just, they seem weird. If you told everybody every dream you had, people would, don't do that. Because if you start doing that, all, even your friends are going to thank you a little bit. <laughs> so I try to be careful about things like this. And I certainly try to be very careful about saying God spoke to me about anything. And I, so I'm not telling you tonight that this dream was from God. I'm not even telling you that it was a message from God. It may be. And if it seems like it is when I share it with you, then you take it for that. It has a little bit of a meaning for me, and I think that's why the Lord helped me remember it. It's, been a, it's kind of encouraged me in some things that we're pursuing right now. And so I took it as a message from, for me. And I, won't, I won't interpret you what I, altogether what I felt like it was meant to me, but I took it as a, because I did remember it. Because one morning afterwards, when the, when the details of it were kind of sketchy to me, I said, I prayed for it a couple of days. Lord, help me. If this is something I need to remember, help me get this clear in my mind what it was. So one morning I'm laying in bed. You know that stage of when you wake up and you're not really sure if you're completely awake or completely asleep. And you know you must have been sort of sleeping because an hour goes by and it seems like five minutes. But yet you don't feel like you were really in sound sleep. Anybody else do you even know what I'm talking about? Okay. If you don't, you don't. It's okay. But that morning I was kind of like that, somnolent, I think they say. I was kind of like that that morning. I said, Lord, help me. So, so I, it kind of came back to me again just in clearer shape and clearer form than it had been before. So 
Lord, I believe you are trying to tell me something. And when I say he's trying to tell me something, or he is telling me something, I'm not saying that's for everybody else to understand that. So I'm not promoting this as a prophecy or as a prophetic dream, and I'm not a person who thinks you ought to try to interpret every dream. But I do believe that God speaks to us and speaks to us in all kinds of ways that we're open to hear from him. And almost daily, I'd say very close to every day, I pray that God will speak to me in dreams and visions, in spiritual revelations, and in angelic visitations. So when I pray that, I, I, I oftentimes I pray and I think, well, Lord, I, I'm asking you to speak to me in dreams. I'm really saying, Lord, speak to me, however you want to speak to me, Lord. So in, 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 in I long time, several years ago, right about the time I first came to Orange Park, I think I started seeing that as a way to pray, and I just pray it regularly, that God will speak to me, that I'll hear from God in whatever the matter is, hear from God about whatever the matter is for me. And so, I pray that God will speak to me in dreams and revelations, and uh, dreams and visions, and uh, so in all that time I've been praying that in all my life before, I don't know that I've ever had but one vision in my life, and I've told it here, I think I've told it I told you two times or three times. I don't remember. Two, I know. One back over in the old church and one over here. And I've had several people come to me and say, you ought to tell that again, Pastor. I may do that one one time. I'm not going to tell it so I don't have to prepare a sermon. <laughs> Rich, uh, I, I've got my muffler on here, my, my right there, and it's not seem doing much good. Maybe the volume, just turn it as low as you can turn it just so people can still hear me. Maybe that will help some. I hear this little... It may be bothering me more than anybody else, but, okay, just just so you can hear me. I I don't know why I'm getting this pop-pop in here. This is this little mouthpiece right here supposed to muffle that, not let that happen, and it's helped some. Okay, you hear me all right, okay? Can you? Okay. If you can't, raise your hand and wave it or something. I'll have to turn it back up. So, So I had one vision. And I still pray, Lord, speak to me in dreams and visions. I don't ever have another vision. I may have, may never have another one. I may have three next week, but I don't know. But I'm just asking God to speak to me. I want to hear from God. And speak to me in dreams. And I've never had a dream. This is the first time I've ever told about any dream I've ever had. In all my years of preaching and all my years of ministry, I've never, I've never told about any other dreams that I've had. I'm telling you this tonight, and I, I, I'm cautiously saying before you, I think the Lord is speaking something to me. I'm not suggesting that's for our church or a prophecy or anything like that. You may feel in your heart when I share it, it really clicks in something with you, or it may feel like it's for, for all of us. And I'll just leave that to the Lord to quicken to your heart, whatever it may mean. So, as I pray for the Lord to speak to me in dreams and visions, I pray for him to speak to me in spiritual revelations. Now, to me... A spiritual revelation is not some new thing. I don't, I don't expect God to ever give me some new doctrine because I don't think there are any more. Some new, some new truth that's never been heard before. I don't want to be Joseph Smith finding the golden tablets under the tree. And it's not like, when I say spiritual revelation, I'm, I'm asking God to enlighten me on things that I don't know as well as I should, things that I... No, but don't completely understand. And God's done that in several ways, and I've preached a lot of those things here. Some of the things that I preach, I will tell you, most of the things that I preach, but some of the things that I preach are, are unique, 
I've never heard anybody preach about them before. I've never heard, I've never read things that people said about them before. I could name you several sermons here that I've preached just like that. The one that I preached a long time ago over that comes to my mind was, was I preached on the family of Jesus. I'd heard people talk about Jesus' brothers and sisters. I believe he had brothers and sisters, certainly. I've heard talk about his family, how his family opposed him. I never heard a whole story about the family of Jesus, how in the, in the book of Acts, when they were in the upper room, the brothers who had opposed Jesus were there with his mother in the upper room before the Holy Spirit came. So they all changed their mind about him being the Messiah, the Son of God, the resurrected Savior, and came together on the, on the, uh, in the upper room. I never saw that until the Lord helped me see that. Not the last thing I preached like that was here when I preached to you about the gospel according to Abraham. Where Paul in the Galatians says that when, when, when God spoke to, um, to, uh, <laughs> oh my goodness. when God spoke to Abraham, <laughs> Abraham, when God spoke to Abraham, uh, and told him his seed would be blessed as, as a multitude and, and cover the earth, that at that time he preached the gospel to him. And Paul says it right there plainly. He preached the gospel to Abraham. I never, of all the hundreds of times I've read it, I never saw that. It gave gave me an enlightenment that I, it was rare enlightenment. Helped me see how Abraham could be willing to sacrifice his own son. I'd stumbled over that many times. How could anybody have enough faith to do that? But but it it showed me why Abraham could do that, why he did do that. Because he had the gospel presented to him enough to know that there was a Savior who had to die for the sins of the people. So things like that, I'm talking about, I ask God for spiritual revelation. And I sometimes I find something in God's Word, and I just click on it, hit on it, and it just starts exciting me. And I, and I, I know uh, one time, another time back, I'm not going to tell you all these things, just tell you two or three, and let you know what I'm talking about. I preached a message that I called the joy of Jesus. Now I was reading in uh, in the scriptures that, that, that uh, I'm trying not to say all of it, but but Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame. For the joy that was set before him. Huh? Many, many times over the years, I said, what joy was that? What joy was that for Jesus? Just the joy of going back to heaven? Or what? I mean, that wouldn't seem like that. And then, one day, I read another scripture or two that made it fit together, and I realized that you and I are the joy of Jesus. The joy of Jesus was dying so that we could be saved and that we come to him in salvation. We are the ones who bring joy to him as we come to him for salvation. We are the joy of Jesus. And I preached that. I thought, well, I, I never thought about that. I never preached on it before in my life because I never realized, never understood it. So when I started, so this has encouraged me to keep praying. This is what I'm trying to get to, to tell you. It's encouraged me to keep praying for God to speak to me in dreams and visions. Because then I had a vision way back there. And to pray for God to speak to me in spiritual revelation. Because all these things that I see and have never seen before, I consider to be spiritual revelations. Giving new light on the old truth and greater understanding to things that I had not really perceived before. And so then I also pray for God to speak to me in angelic visitation. I got kind of discouraged about that one for a while because I, I don't know that I've ever seen an angel. I have people tell me they've seen, they've seen Jesus come in. He was 10 feet tall, standing by their bedside. Praise God for that. I've never had that happen to me. I've never stretched my imagination far enough, or my, my perception, I should say, far enough to receive that. And, and, and 
I certainly don't know that I don't know that I've ever seen an angel. But I don't know that I never have seen one either. I may have seen one in a lot of places. There may have been one that wasn't being able to see by anybody who stopped me from having that car wreck that would have killed me. All those kinds of things that went on. I had an experience not too long ago driving down Highway 17. This guy cut in front of me so close, I put on my brakes. And, 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 and you know what I didn't do? I didn't. I was too busy trying to save myself. I just let him go on because I figured if he's that crazy, it wouldn't wouldn't happen. Anyway, so. But it was really a close call. It it really shook me up. And I think I told Carolyn later on told her about that. So so God's protecting angels around us a lot of times. We don't see it, is what I'm telling you. So it's good to pray for it. If you don't see it, it doesn't mean it's not there. So all of that, I'm telling you to, to tell you why. I'm not somebody who goes around, and, and you've heard me for a long time, so you've never heard me say anything before, I don't think, ever, about having a dream that I thought was worth telling you. And that's why one of the reasons I kind of labored over this, whether it's really worth telling you or not. But you, you'll judge that for yourself. So here, I went, on Thursday night, the, the Thursday before Palm Sunday, Billy was preaching that Sunday night. Have my mind or anything that I was going to be preaching or talking about. So, in that in that night, and I felt like it was in the early hours of the morning, just as I was waking up. I had a dream, and I saw these things. Happen. I, I woke up, and I thought back. Oh, that may have been something important. I tried to dwell on, trying to pull it all together. And I thought about it for a couple of days, really trying to pull the details of what I had dreamed together. As I said, I prayed about that later on, and that the Lord would give me clarity on it. One morning, He did. I saw the same thing, and I was dreaming again. It was the same thing, but I saw it in a much clearer form. So, we were standing together in a large gathering of people. I think our whole church was there. And we were outside, not inside a building. We were outside in the open air. I saw no signs of walls or ceiling or just sunshine. We're outside. And I was saying something. I can't tell you anything of words that were said, except right towards one part of the very end. I'll tell you one thing. But I was saying something to the whole gathering. I don't know if it's just our church or more. It's a larger crowd than our church alone. Maybe not hugely more, but quite a few more people than we would normally have in a church gathering anywhere. But I was sharing and talking and leading and and as I kept on talking to this large gathering of people out in the open, they started to kind of separate. And I noticed a little group moved over here, standing here talking to themselves. And then another one pulled aside and, and, and was talking to themselves. I'm still talking, and just, but I'm noticing they're standing apart from everybody else. And then over here, another. And after a while... It's the whole crowd had broken into little groups. Here, 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 all around. Did this sound strange to you? I mean, I'm, I'm telling you this sounds strange to me as I'm telling you. Anyway, so, so standing all around in little groups, and I don't know what they're talking about. It didn't seem like anything bad. I mean, nobody came charging up to try to grab me and throw me down or anything. It didn't seem like anything horrible going on. I think they just, and I'm thinking that, well, they just got interested in something else. I don't know what it is, but 
reading. I'm not saying anything worthwhile or what's what's going on. I don't know. I have no reason. That no reason is expressed as to why there's little groups are forming all around. And maybe there are more than I don't know. Maybe there are more than four or five people in each one. Might have been eight or ten. It doesn't matter. There was a little. They're all, but the whole crowd. Every there wasn't one single person still standing down in front of me. They all had just pulled out in little clusters. They weren't talking to each other. There was no communication between them. They were just in their little huddle and talking about whatever they were talking about. I don't know what it was. That was not a part of anything. They were just talking, sharing, maybe having a good time, maybe fellowshipping. Sometimes, you know, you, you can do good things and them at the wrong time, the wrong way. So, they, so these groups were coming. I got, I'm standing there looking out there and feeling kind of deserted. And what, what in the world? I don't know what's going on here. And I, so I don't know what to do. I, I, I'm trying to figure out what to do as I look at all those clusters of people all over the place. Nobody up there at the front. Nobody looking my way. And I just started crying out, praising God. What, 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 what am I, am I supposed to just shut this thing and leave and go? I didn't. I kept standing there. And then I, there was a cry to pray. I don't know if it was me or if it was just a cry. They were just saying, we need to praise the Lord. We need to praise the Lord. And people started hearing that in these groups. And they said, we need to praise the Lord. Let's come together and praise the Lord. And then they started coming back out of their little clusters, gathering together. Until there was, again, this large crowd was standing out in front of them. But this time, instead of just looking, they were praising the Lord. They were lifting their hands. They were praising God. They were shouting out, glory to God, praising God. And the whole mass of people were praising God. And I'm thinking, wow, this is great. Praise the Lord. This is what we want to praise the Lord. Nothing had been said about property in my mind. Nothing has come about property, nothing that I thought. The only thing that I can relate to the property or anything else was that we're standing out in the open, not inside a building. And so then, while the praising was going on, there were two people that came running, kind of pushing their way through the crowd to get to the front. When you see that happen in the church, you know it's not always a good thing, so... But I wasn't. I didn't have any fear about it. I just saw that was something that they were coming. They were, they were, but they had something in their hand. They came running up there. They, and they came running up there. And, and, and to me, through the crowd, they got in the front of the crowd. And the pastor, here it is. So I'm like, well, what? Here's what? Here's the deed. Huh. I take a list. There's, there's two pieces of paper. I don't know. I don't know what that means. I just know this just is what I'm seeing. Two people, each one had a piece of paper. Here's the deed. I don't know if I was getting two deeds, two separate places, what it was. But here's the deed. So they gave me the deed. And I said to the people, well, we've got deeds to property. I don't know what it was, where it was, how much it was, if you think about it. Nobody said this is a million dollars worth. It's just, it's just two deeds to property. And so I said, we need to praise God for this. Let's praise, let's keep praising God. And everybody really praised God now. Because we had the deeds. <laughs> I, just, I cannot interpret anything on this to you. I'm just so I'm saying that with the deeds of man and I'm praising the Lord. We're praising God. And that and, and that's what I, I didn't 
Yet then something else happened along in that time of the dream that confused me. It was kind of like an interruption. You know, you're, you're doing something, you're on one track, and somebody has something really important, but it's not important for the, at the moment. It's not important enough to interrupt what's going on at the moment. They think it's important, but I'll tell you this part just real quickly. Somebody came and said, well, I've got a piece of property. This is what you really need to do. You really need to get this. This is, this is, this is exactly what you need. This person standing there talking to me in front of all this crowd of people. You, this is what you really need to get. This is where you, this is, you cannot miss this deal. It is an opportunity you've got, you can, but you've got to do it now. Because I just found out that somebody's going to buy it. If you've got to do it now, you've got to hand me the money now to make this happen. Well, I think, well, I've never done anything like that before. So I don't hand the money over. <laughs> I mean, I'm standing, how would I have handed over enough money to buy a piece of property? I'm standing in front of a crowd of people anyway. How could I pull it out, uh, what, $500,000 off my hand to somebody? You know, that's, but in the continuity of things at the time I was dreaming it, it seemed to make sense. <laughs> so, so I said, no, we, we can't do it that quickly. I've got to at least see it first. You can't wait to see it. No, if you can't, you wait to see it. I'm telling you, it's at the right location. It's the right, it's a perfect property. It's 10 acres of land. It's right in the right place, and this is what you need to go. This is, and then you, but you got to do it now, or you're going to lose it. So, in my kind of plundering, plotting way, I, well, we, we've got to at least see it first. Come on, come on. Go. So I go over there to where that place is, and it's 10 acres, all right, but it's but everything around it is just a mess. I can't describe any of it. All I, I just I just remember everything around it, the whole everything you see was down downtrodden, was uh, beat down. It was not a place that you'd want to be. But it nice 10 acres right in the middle of it. So I said, man, and I called his name. You led me to the wrong place here. Oh, this is it. You've got to do it right now. So I didn't do it. Uh, and I went back. I don't know why that big crowd waited for me. <laughs> but I got back and they were still there. So I came back and stayed up in front of this crowd again. And I, and I, I said, well, folks, we've, we've just got to praise the Lord. We've just got to praise the Lord. So, so they, people kept praising the Lord. And then... Two more people came running up through the crowd. And both of them had a piece of paper in their hand. And this is really not going to make any sense to you. doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> but they both of them had a piece of paper then. And they kept running up saying, Pastor, the taxes are paid. The taxes are paid. Now, first thing I'm thinking is, we don't pay taxes. We don't have to pay taxes. We don't pay by taxes. We don't, we're not, we don't. All of us seem to be about property, and I'm thinking, thinking they mean property taxes, and I'm thinking they mean property, the tax on the two pieces of property that, already been, that we've already been given the deed for it. Now, you would say, well, we already had the deeds brought up to you. Why would you be going over looking at that other strange piece of property that the guy tried to lead you off to? I don't know. I don't know. It didn't make any sense to me either. But anyway, so so... So these guys bring me these three pieces of paper. The taxes are paid. And they give me those two pieces of paper. And sure enough, it says paid, paid. And now I'm 
I'm thinking, why did you need to pay? Why did anybody need to pay? And I still thought about it as I kept thinking about this dream. Why wouldn't they have said the mortgage is paid? You know, or, or the debt's paid. But they didn't. They said the taxes are paid. I don't, I can't. All I know is that whatever it was that was owed was paid. And they were saying to me, and I assumed then, as I'm standing there in my mind, I'm thinking, this is the property that the, we got the deeds for. And that must, and I'm thinking now that's what it related to. But I can't connect it. I can't make a connection with it for you other than to say that God is saying something to me. I don't know if this says anything to you or not. It may not. And if it doesn't, don't feel like I'll be offended if you won't. Hey, Pastor, that didn't make any sense to me. I won't be offended by that at all because I've questioned how much sense it makes to me. But I've dwelt on this for the last several days. This has been a little over a week, I guess. I think, if I'm not mistaken, tomorrow night, Thursday night, would be two weeks ago that, that, that I had this that happened. I've, I've thought about it every day since then. I've dwelt on just trying to, trying to come to a conclusion in my own mind, my own spirit, what the Lord is saying. And so I don't know, I don't know that I can't take every single part of it and say this meant this and this meant this and this meant this. I'm not going to try to do that. I haven't even done that for myself. I'm sure not going to try to do it for anybody else. But I will say what I do believe is the Lord was encouraging me encouraging me and what I've said so many times already that God has what we need. God knows what it is that we need. He knows where it is. He knows the exact place. And God is working to make that available to us, whatever he has to do to make it available to us. And that he is going to deliver it into our hands. That's what I believe. I take that as what it means to me. And I don't know, I don't know, uh, I could have taken a lot longer to deliver this if I tried to interpret it and say things, but I'm not going to ever say to you anything that I don't feel confident is correct. So I don't have any interpretation other than this. And I don't, and I don't know what that, I don't know that what two people come to be saying the taxes are paid. I still can't, all I can figure, out, as I said a moment ago, all I can figure out is that the debt's paid, the debt's paid, whatever debt it is, the debt's paid. And, and, and that may mean property or maybe something else. Or it may not mean any of that. But what I do take from that for myself, what I take from that for myself, is that God is saying that he has what we need to deliver to us. And he can get it to us. And the other thing I take from all of this is, and, I, and this is what I take from this, that when we were in little groups spread out here and there, we weren't getting anywhere. We're not even, but when we came together, it wasn't for preaching, it wasn't for teaching, but when we came together and started back praising the Lord, praising God, and that brought us together. That, that, when we started praising the Lord, that brought us back together again. So the crowd that was broken up in little groups came back into one. And we, and we just kept praising the Lord. And while we were in the midst of still praising the Lord, those two people came running up there and saying, here's the deed. And then we were still praising the Lord when the other distraction occurred. I've got a place over here. You've got to get what you've got to take it now. That distraction, we were still praising the Lord. 
And, and I don't know this, and I don't know that my dream made this clear to me, but when I went to look at that piece of property, I don't know the people kept standing there praising the Lord, and I came back. While I, but when I came back, we were back in the spirit of praising. And we started praising the Lord and kept on praising the Lord again. And when we did, that's when the two other people came. It's telling me the taxes are paid. So if this means anything to you, feel free to share it with me sometime. <laughs> Uh, but but I, I, I just felt like I needed to tell you this because I do I do feel for myself that you know if you feel like you if you feel like you've lived a lot of years and you never had a real dream when God spoke to you and then you feel something that really does communicate to you that that moves your heart this moved me it moved my heart I spent I spent considerable time just sitting and thinking about it I thought about it this afternoon before I came over this evening uh, and it's 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 encouraged me. It's encouraged me that the two simple things that I take out of this, I don't make anything out of the rest of it. The two simple things that I take out of this are if we will praise God, good things will happen. We keep praising God. God will answer prayer. God will give us miracles. God will give us what we need. Whatever we need, he'll give us that. And I think, and I'm just thinking about this just this very moment, this very second as I'm saying this, I'm thinking of the first time I thought about this. I don't know why there were two deeds. Somebody bringing us two deeds. We don't need two places. Why God bring it? Why? But I'm, I'm thinking right now, as I say this, that God has got more than we need and can deliver us not only what we need, but more than we need. But the, but what we were doing when the good things happened in my dream, what we were doing, what that crowd was doing, we were praising God when good things happened. And then when the other two guys came up, telling me the taxes will pay you. We were still praising God. So everything good that happened came out of praising God. Not that the enemy won't try to distract us. But he will. But if we will keep praising God, God will move great things. I, I do take this I do take this for me. Instead of laboring over what God's going to do. Believe that God is working and God is perfecting and performing His will. And wait on God to do what He wants to do. I'm going to tell you another little illustration. I've got a few minutes left. I'm going to tell you a little illustration about waiting on God while God is working in a way that you don't know. When I first came over to Orange Park, into the building over there on Kingsley. I had been praying for maybe about two and a half years. I didn't days I didn't mark things down as clearly as I do now, but so I, I I can't tell you just when I started that. But I'd been praying, really earnestly praying, like at least two and a half years. In the morning and the evening, I'd get up early in the morning and pray, and in the evening I sometimes eat, sometimes I wouldn't. But even when I did, I would. Maybe watch a few minutes of the news, not watch anything on television. I'd go to a place of prayer and I'd pray for the evening. And this went on and on and on. And of course, I've told you all about this. And I've told you I was praying for God to use me. I'd retire and I was praying, God, use me, use my life. Don't let me just spend the rest of my life not doing anything for you, Lord. Just use me, God. Please find a place to use me. And I've told you all the things I thought about and all that. But, but, but the important thing, I was praying for God to use me. And while, this is what I want to share with you. So I got to that place where the Lord spoke to me two different times. One, one, 
once the Lord said, I'll, I'll change your life. And the second time was the Lord said, I am changing your life. And so I'm thinking, well, praise God. You know, that's, that's cause for just, that's, that's what I've been praying about all this time. God to change my life, take me out of whatever comfort I'm in and, and, and put me in a place that you could use before your glory. And God said, he's, God said I, I will. And then he said, I'm doing that. Well, while this was going on, now this, this was about somewhere along May, May to early June. I look back and I trace the things that I, well, I, I wrote those two things out when the Lord said, I'll change your life. So I have the date on those. So about May, early June, those two things were about two weeks apart. So now, the old, the old church was being, the pastor of the old church was a friend of mine for many years, Weldon Gosnell. And I came over and visited with Weldon a couple of times over here when, when they were in the old church over there when he was there. And I had never thought of anything but just a fellowship with him. Went out to lunch with him one day, uh, and, uh, and we talked about what was going on here. He never invited me over here to preach. I didn't ask him, Bill, what are you thinking about? It didn't matter to me. I didn't care about it. And so... I mean, if I was looking for places to preach, I would have said to him, well, could you have me come in and preach? Now, you would have done it, I'm sure, but I didn't do that. Well, none of my thoughts. I just came to visit with him. So he had told the district who put him there, and he had told the church, I believe he told the church, if this is not right, you all correct me, that he was trying to sell his house, and when he sold his house, he, was, he and his wife, Betty, were going to move and move back to their hometown of Greenville, South Carolina. They were going to move when they sold the house. Am I right on that? He told all of you that, okay? He told you that. And so now along this time now, he had been trying for, what, two or three years to sell his house. That was a bad time to sell. <laughs> three years, is that right? Four. Tried for four years, been trying to sell his house. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Trying to. Four years to sell his house. And that was that was not unusual in back in those days. Trying to sell houses, you couldn't sell it, you couldn't hardly give them away. And so he was trying to sell his house. And then, but then along about this time now, I don't know any of this that's going on, you know. God's working over here in a way that I don't know. I have no clue about it. I'm, Orange Park in those for me had anything to do with me is the furthest thing from my mind that ever could have been. I'll tell you that honestly. I never thought about it. As, as for anything other than it was here. So but now God is moving, and God is sending him a buyer for his house. After all that time, it's still in the dire depths of the, of the real estate market. They got a buyer on their house. They sold their house in this May, June, July time frame. I don't know exactly how long Weldon had been gone before I came over here to preach. Do you all remember about how long he'd been gone? Was it a few weeks, a month, or six weeks, or something like that? Okay, so he left that. He stayed that long. I didn't. I didn't realize that. Okay, he left the son, his last Sunday. My, my Sunday, first Sunday was the next Sunday. So they knew he was leaving, and so the district had the sexual presbyter. Well, he they asked him to find some. That's what they do. The sexual presbyter just find somebody, stick them in a little place like that, you know, to fill in whatever. It happens all the time. And so, so Rick Crook was the presbyter. He called me a good long time. Friend. Usually, grew up a boy grew up in the church when I was pastor at Calvary Temple. I knew Rick long time and well. well he called me and asked me if I'd come here and preach. But now, this is what's happening now. Keep this at the, the, the two parallel rails of the track that are going on here. On one side, God is working to help Weldon sell his house and fulfill the desire of his heart to get back to Greenville, South Carolina. That's where they live now. They've moved back. That's where they are. 
God was doing all the time. When God was telling me he would change my life, he's selling Weldon's house. But I'm over here saying this, God, lead me, guide me where you want me to be. And over here, God's selling Weldon's house. And then he sells the house. And then that last Sunday, they had a nice day for him, I'm sure. And, and those, uh, how many people were there the Sunday he left? 25? Maybe y'all don't know. I don't know. The Sunday I got there, it was about 20, 15 or 20. So whatever it was, uh, they honored him. He was in Weldon, Betty. They're good people. I've known them for years. I love them. Good friends of ours for, for a long, long time. But so he moves, and I don't even know he's moving now. He hadn't called me to say, oh, Bill, I sold my house. I'm moving, you know. He was not in that kind of a touch, that kind of contact. So he hadn't told me that, but that's what was happening. I didn't know anything about it. Didn't know he sold it out. Didn't know he was moving. I got the call from Rick Crook. Asked me if I could come over and preach. He said, well, then is moving back to South Carolina. I said, oh, okay. So would you come over and fill in for two or three weeks? Now, God is working over here on a track that I don't know anything about, helping Weldon fulfill the desire of his heart, sell his house, get moved back to his hometown. I'm over here praying, God, give me somewhere to be, somewhere to preach, somewhere to minister, somewhere to do something for you so I won't just rust away and, and fade away here with doing nothing for you. Give me Give me back my life and ministry again. So I'm praying. So God's doing both things at the same time. Now, my point to you in saying this and telling you this is we don't really know what God is doing over here in the workings of things. I'm not wanting any bad thing to happen to any church, but I've been told, and I've talked to guys, I've talked to on another matter entirely, but that the church here in Fleming out they could potentially close sometime in the near future not able to carry on their, their weight. But things could change. I'm, putting, I'm not building any hopes on that because I'm not going to hope that any church will fail. I'm just simply saying to you that one day we go down, drive down 220, there's the Presbyterian Church on the 220 and, and Canova, the lakeside on one side. That, it's got a sign of that closed. At the last service, didn't make any public test, told them we were closed, not having church. They said we're gone. Just like they did in this church here. These people... They had a church on, on Sunday. Somebody walked into them on Monday morning over there in the office and said, we're not having any more services here. We're closing it. Y'all could go home. And they walked out and left everything just like it was. Closed the doors, locked up. I think they left the computers on. I mean, they left everything. And it was vacant for two years before God put us here. Then the church over there on Fleming Island closed. And there have been things other. Nobody, nobody who lived here at the time would have ever thought that Berean Baptist Church, that big, large church down here, I was 17, would, would die away, fade away, close, and, 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 and people leave, and that church would be standing vacant and abandoned, as it has been all these years. Nobody would have ever predicted that. So we don't know. My point to you and all that is we don't know what God is doing on this track where God is working. We don't know that when God is moving to sell Weldon's house so he can move back to Greenville, but over here he's talking to Bill, saying, I'll change your life. I've got a plan for you. I've got something set up and working for you. I will change your life. And then I am changing your life. And then I come over here. And when I got over there, I still, I didn't know it. I didn't know it. You have to pray through these things. Let God reveal it all to you. Let you see it all. Bring it and put it all to come to get the whole picture of the whole thing. And it took me a while before I told you all of that. I don't want to bore you with it again. 
I told you how all that came about that. I'll stand there on Wednesday night talking to people about God. will let you know. God will speak to you. If you listen to God, you'll hear God. Uh, God told me he was going to change my life. I was testifying then. Well, I just testified to you. God said, I'm going to change your life. And I'm standing there and I said, I'll never forget it. I put my hand in my pocket. I just have a tendency to do that sometimes. You probably have so I just If there's nothing in it, I'll put my hand in it. And if there's a bunch of stuff in it, like my keys and everything I forgot to take out tonight, I'll still put my hand in my pocket, whatever. The reason I think about it because sometimes I put my hand in my pocket and I jingle them, so I take them out before I preach. Usually I forgot it tonight. So, so I stand in there before that crowd, I put my hand in my pocket, and I said, we got to let you. He's told me he's going to change my life, and I know he is because he promised me. And I said to him, if the Lord just spoke to me as clearly as anything, that he has changed my life, this is it. This is it. <laughs> I will tell you, I will, I will tell you, that was not what I wanted to hear. But look, here's, the, here, here's this what I'm, all, all that I'm trying to tell you is, subsequent to what I told you about my dream, and this thing I've added on to here, is that God is working and we have to believe that God is working. We don't know what he's doing. He doesn't have to clear his plans with us. He doesn't have to get a committee together and say, is it okay if I do this? God will do it. And if we'll let God be God, God will open doors. God will clean out the roadway. God will make the path straight. He'll lead us and put us where he wants us to be. This is, this is not really what I was planning to share with you tonight. I was just going to tell you that little quirky dream I had. <laughs> I keep putting it down, and Lord forgive me, I don't mean to be doing that because I just, I just feel so strange talking about something like that because I never do it, I guess. But, but it's all about this. It's all about if we'll let God work, he will work. We'll just believe in God will do great things. If, if we'll just give God the opportunity, he's going to open for us a, a great door of opportunity, a great, great plan of blessing he's going to show us and reveal to us. And, and, and we've just got to be ready. We've got to be prepared for that. We've got to be exactly where God wants us to be so that God can take us and put us where he wants us to be for the long term. Does this, does this compute with what you're thinking in your mind? Does this come together with you? Yeah. So one more little quick thing. We were standing over that church I just referred to, that Presbyterian church had closed. And everybody there thought, boy, if we can get this, this would be great. This must be God. I think some people just really claimed it as from God. But in my mind, uh, the reality claw, clamp, took hold of my mind. We don't have any money. We don't have any way to do this. I was working on something at the time to produce building fund that hadn't come through and didn't know it was going to come through at that time. That's where our original $250,000 in our building fund came from, that idea the Lord gave me to help me to work out and work through and, and brought it to pass and helped us to, to, helped us to turn that item into, into a lot of cash. And, and so I'm, I'm sitting, and everybody's talking about how wonderful we, and I'm knowing we don't have the ability to talk to anybody about something that they want almost $3 billion for. We can't even have a So we say, well, where's your, well, how much can you put down? Well, nothing, but you know, we're good for it. You don't buy property that way. You've got a real miracle. God, that ever happens. <laughs> so 
I, I, I just started I struggled with that. I didn't find God did open that door, and I give God the praise for it. He, he's the one who produced that $250,000 for us that's not in our building fund right now, and the way more that we've added to it and all that. But, it, but in this world, and, with, and in God's plan, we're living in the economy of this world, and if we want to get anywhere that God wants us to be, we've got to do our part in every way. And that's the reason we're getting ready to try to raise funds. It's not about the money. It's about the ability to do what God wants us to do. It's about having the ability to stand up and accomplish what God wants us to do. And if we will all join in, like the, like the crowd of people, maybe you made a little bit of sense to me now, like the crowd of people standing out front and waving and praising God, when we started praising God, I'm sure we had laid the groundwork for all the things that were going to happen. God gave us the answer. And God will give us the answer. God will give us the answer. At the right time of his choosing, I am telling, and I, I, I will say honestly, I am saying to God what I want him to do. Lord, this is what I want you to do. But I also am cautious enough to say, but Lord, if your plan is different, I want your plan. And I'll tell you candidly what I'm saying to the Lord. You can pray any way you want to pray. Just pray for God to perfect his will I'm saying, Lord, you put us in this property with a miracle. Where we are right now. As far as I know, only one person is obstructing our ability to buy this property. And there's a lot of complications. It would take a, a seminar day long to explain all the complications with this property. Deeds and all that kind of thing. Two parcels over here. It's just not anything that God can't unravel. Not anything that God can't clear up. I am praying, God, this is where my first choice. If you ask me, Lord, I'm going to tell you this is where I want to be first. But I'll take your place. I'll take your way. Because I know that down the road, your choice is going to be better than my choice. What I don't know now and what I will know then, it will always turn out that what I thought was the best thing turned out not to be. But what you put us and what you gave us was the best thing after all. If we'll just follow you. Amen. Amen. I preached a sermon to myself tonight. I hope it's helped you too, but I've helped myself tonight. I'll tell you. <laughs> and praise God for it. Praise, stand with me, please. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, Lord God, I thank you so much. I want you to come and gather around the altar with me for a few minutes tonight, if you will. Just, just to pray. Let's pray for our church and pray for what God wants to do for us. It, 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 it is it's so thrilling to be in the search of God's will to, and, and knowing we're ready for God's will and that there's going to be a time, there's going to be a moment, there's going to be a day when we're going to see something break forth like the sun breaking through the dark clouds. And we'll see the, we'll see the, the light shining like we've never seen it before. We'll look up and say, praise God. We've been waiting. We've been waiting for you, Lord, and here you are. You've come on the scene. Oh, God, you are the God who made the sun stand still. 